Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leading Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Emil Carr, and Kenny. Um, sorry about last week. Uh, we weren't on, and uh, it was all just due that I had so much stuff going on. I couldn't, you know, pull away from my work. So I had to cancel at the last minute. Our plan was to be on the show so we could recap uh, the past weekend fights and talk about this past Friday fights and Saturday fights. But we didn't, we weren't able to do that, obviously. But here we are. We're back on air, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, we're going to preview the upcoming most anticipated heavyweight fight to date right now between Tyson Fury and Dante Wilder. If you want to call in, you certainly can. Uh, 347-215-7598. We'll talk boxing here on Leave It in the Ring. Um let me pass the mic over to my co-host, Emilcar. Yeah, uh, so it's good to be back on with you, uh, David. I'm extremely excited about this weekend. I've been looking forward to this fight since essentially the, the conclusion of the last fight, which obviously ended in a very controversial way with uh, Fury and Wilder both getting the draw and most observers believing that Tyson Fury actually won the fight. Uh, so it's been a while, you know, it's at its ups and downs. Tyson Fury signed his big contract with ESPN, and many people were speculating that would mean that this fight wouldn't happen. And here we are just a few days away from Saturday, you know, anticipating what's going to be a really interesting heavyweight fight. Probably the most anticipated heavyweight fight of, you know, I can think of since I mean, I'm thinking all the way back to probably Lewis Tyson. What about you? I have to agree with you. You know, I think that I, because of how it was left off, the draw, uh, a lot of folks felt like, you know, Tyson Fury edged it. I thought he edged the win to get the win. Um, but, you know, because of, of the performance between both men, you know, uh, Dante Wilder never giving up, um, staying in the pocket, trying to land those big shots, um, trying to make something out of nothing. You know, um, we all, as anybody has been witnessing the career of Dante Wilder, you, you would know that Deontay Wood is, is not the most polished fighter. And, and the reason he may not be the most polished fighter, Milkar, is because He's got an eraser with that right hand, and it's always got him out of situations. You know, he could be losing 
a fight. He could be down on rounds. But once he zero ends with that right hand, that doesn't matter anymore. Of how far behind he is on the card, of how terribly he looked maybe uh, a few seconds ago, how he'll throw 25 punches and only land one or two. But out of those 25, only one of them has to make the difference, and it's always got him there. So what happened between these two... Well, what happened between these two was Deontay was able to get that one punch that he needed to to stop the momentum and possibly the win that Tyson Fury was, was you know, looking to get, received. Because on the 12th round, he was caught, he was dropped, and he looked really, he looked out. He looked like he was done. He looked like that maybe... You know, this was going to be the end of the last of a hooray of Tyson Fury, and we were just going to possibly talk about him as an aftermath, as the guy that originally beat Vladimir Klitschko, the reigning heavyweight, for over a decade. But that's not what happened. Tyson rose, and now we're here, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there's a couple reasons, though, at least, why uh, Deontay is kind of considered to be a limited fighter, at least in terms of his boxing skills. One is obviously the eraser that he has that, that vaunted right hand. The other, though, is he's a freak athlete. Uh, he's super athletic. He's, you know, six foot seven, weighs in the low 200s, kind of tall, skinny, and, you know, he's just got long arms. He's got, you know, just freakishly. Uh, uh, amazing power and he also has a very limited amateur background despite the fact that he's an Olympic bronze medalist he didn't have much of an amateur career and he relies a lot on his on his athleticism especially when he gets uh, people hurt having said that you know his boxing ability is underrated Um, you know he's outboxed guys with what's considered to be strong amateur pedigrees, at least here in the United States. So it's, I don't think he's got the boxing skills of Tyson Fury, obviously, but that powerful eraser is what turns even a boring fight, like his last fight with Luis Ortiz, into an exciting fight because you can literally cut the tension uh, with a knife anytime he's fighting. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's so many questions raised right now about both fighters. Um, you could obviously say that that Wilder has improved. Uh, he has he has actually looked better. Um, he's learning his craft a lot more uh, than previous fights. He was losing against uh, Luis uh, Ortiz, and uh, but he sat back and he was a patient predator, and he was able to catch Luis when he was coming in, timed him perfect, timed him beautiful, and and you know the one thing about his right hand, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for is how he throws the right hand because he's been really successful in learning how to either throw straight down the pipe or go around the ear, or he opens the book, which is go above the glove, which is come up from over the top and hit you right on the top of your dome. He's done that really well and he's really good at it. And he practices, he he practices it a lot because he knows that's his money punch. That's the punch that most folks are going to fear and try to time and avoid so he's got to actually be creative with it. And that's exactly what he's done throughout his career. He's been very creative with that right hand. Tyson Fury is another subject that we can talk about saying 
Well, he looks more confident. He looks more, you know, uh, um, on his feet. Um, he, he looks like he wants to sit down more on his punches. Um, and he definitely has something to prove even more on this time around. Yeah. Apparently, every Monday, the police want to come for me. Uh, you hear the signs <laughs> outside again. Oh, man. Maybe it's Mike, maybe it's Mike Bloomberg making a, a reappearance in black and minority neighborhoods. I'm sure you guys heard oh, about that. Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh, that's not, let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah, so you were saying about Tyson Fury, David. Um, you know, he he kind of does have something to prove if what he wants to prove is that he can knock out a, a heavyweight champion. That's what he says he wants to do. His philosophy going into this fight is that the longer the fight goes, the more dangerous it is for him. So he might as well try to get Deontay Wilder out of there quickly. It's the reason he says he switched trainers from Ben Davidson, who he sees more of a defensive a specialist, to a Sugar Hill, who he believes is more of an offensively-minded KO coach. And, you know, we'll see if that works. I mean, he is six foot nine, 270-plus pounds. He has been boxing on the back foot mostly through most, much of his career. But let's see how he does moving forward, uh, boxing off the front foot, because one thing that a lot of people have noticed about Deontay is that he's not quite as good uh, going backwards as he is going forwards. So that is another aspect of this fight that makes it kind of an interesting story. Well, you know, I mean, look, I've watched when he fought Ortiz this last fight, and, and even though he was losing on that, on the scorecards, I don't know about you guys, but I thought he was in control because I thought he was able to do whatever he wanted. He did got touched. That's one thing that Wilder still hasn't perfected is to be hit. You know, he's not the most elusive guy. He doesn't know how to pair correctly yet, um, you know, because he's so focused. He's, all, he's in a zone. And, and the one thing that, that I think what makes him exciting and it makes a lot of fans kind of gravitate to him is that he's so openly willing to risk his jaw to land a big shot. And, and, he, and he knew exactly what he was getting involved with, with Ortiz, who, in his right own, he's a, he's a big punt, puncher in his, in his own right. Um, but saying they can't fight off that back foot, I, I thought he did, Emilcar. I thought he was um, – I thought he, he timed him correctly. And I think that if, if Tyson Fury's game plan is to do that, is that if he is going to press forward, he's going to have to press forward with angles. Not the way the Ortiz did. Ortiz came in straight in, head, head on in a line. And that was perfect for, for, for uh, uh, Wilder to land his airplane right down, you know, into the, to the cockpit. Well, I, I see that. But what I didn't really see Luis Ortiz doing was walking Wilder back to the ropes and trying to get within Wilder's powerful shot kind of range. Right. I think kind of Fury's idea to do in this fight is to like smother Wilder a little bit and get inside his punching range. Um, as opposed to Luis Ortiz who kind of met him in the ring in the middle and honestly had a terrible defensive lapse uh, and, and got caught with a shot. The, the danger with Wilder is being at the end of his punches um, more than it is, I think, being on the, on the inside. Uh, fighting him and one thing Fury did well in the first fight was fight at a distance 
but he didn't get the decision on the scorecard. So I think his feeling is that he can't try to box Wilder on the outside uh, for 12 rounds. One, it could be risky and he could get knocked out. Two, even if he does do very well, he might not get the decision after 12 rounds. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you when you said that uh, Ortiz had a defensive lapse. No, he was playing great defense. I'm going to have to credit Wilder for this one. Uh, Wilder sniped him. Yeah, that was that was that was a, a, a clean like right in between the like his he had a glove to his face, you know what I'm saying? And he landed a, a clean shot that he wasn't able to land for the the rest of the entire fight, you know? When I say when I say defensive left, Kenny, I'm only quoting his own coach, uh, who said that his problem was that his di- he he lapsed defensively in terms of maintaining the appropriate distance with his footwork. He got into Wilder's punching range when their plan was to stay outside of his punching range. So it wasn't the issue of him lapsing defensively because he put his hands down or didn't have his guard up. His plan going into that fight was to stay outside of um, Wilder's punching range, and he was doing that effectively for a lot of the fight, but he got a little bit greedy. He decided to get inside Wilder's punching range, and once he did, he got clipped with what what you just described very well is just like that that one-time powerful shot. That sniper, that's that fifty caliber. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Ortiz should definitely go get himself a new coach if his coach is uh, gonna disrespect disrespectfully talk about him like that. Uh, you know, said my words there, whatever. And I still haven't had any beers. That's insane. But uh, Wilder Fury, this is gonna be an amazing match. This is gonna be an amazing weekend. I greatly look forward to it. I, I can't wait to see Fury put Tyson, excuse me, Deontay Wilder put Fury down, you know? It's going to be a great one for me. And I'm going I'm to talk so much junk because everybody believes that Tyson Fury is going to go in there and actually knock him out. Tyson Fury was looking super skinny last time I saw him. And when I saw his workout training video, he looked exactly the same way uh, mm-hmm. he did in the last fight where he got cut up above his eyebrow. Like I said, the first well, time, I think that Tyson Fury needs to put on some muscle or he's going to get a uh, more of a savage KO this time than he did the first Well, he didn't get KO'd the first time, but he got knocked down. I'll I, I I, go for Wilder. All my money on Wilder. You want to jump in there, David? I, I had a couple yeah. things to say, though. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the one we're going to know is that Tyson Fury is not going to be no bodybuilder. He doesn't have that body frame. Um, even if he was the pack muscle on, it's going to be muscle really uh, that's not going to be defined. You know, um, Tyson Fury's body is Tyson Fury's body. Um, even at a guy of his size, he's he's so mobile. You know, my my concern is this, is that talking about putting on muscle is heavier than fat, um, especially on his legs. That to be, I watched that round table with Tyson Fury's dad and, and David Hay. And I agreed with David Hay saying that, you know, when you put muscle on your legs, especially if you're so used to being mobile and so used to being elusive, that that could slightly slow you down, you know. And that's also going to force you to fight flat-footed. It's also going to force you to fight on, on certain moments that you regularly wouldn't fight, have fought because you've always been so used to moving away from the punches, you know. Um, you know, Tyson Fury, let's, let's remember this. Tyson Fury is not, it's not the first time we saw Tyson get rock heavily 
in a fight. You know, Cunningham really rang this bell. And and the one thing though that about Tyson Fury is that he recoups very fast and very good. He is a conditioned guy. You know, his, his dad was saying that he could literally stick his finger in his body, um, all, all that stuff. I'm sorry. Let me let me come up closer to the mic. Um, you know, um, and and that this time he may be more solid. Well, I remember I was one of the guys that was saying that he needed maybe two or three more fights um, before he got in with Wilder. So the worst form that we saw of Wild, of, I mean of of, of Tyson Fury, uh, you know, I I do believe that he's finally gotten back his conditioning, um, the strength that he needed in that first fight. But I got to agree with Kenny. If he's thinking about going out to knock out Wilder, which he's not that type of beast, that's just the wrong game plan. It could be psychological. What he's trying to do is to force Wilder to throw his what he's learned and how he's been very patient to be over, over patient. And that's what got him in trouble the first time around. That could be the possibilities. Get in the young man's head. Who Wilder's the older guy, but he's he's young, still young to the, in the game. He still doesn't know the tricks in the bag that these other guys uh, in the division know. You know, as Tyson Fury, he's the more seasoned, more veteran. He's a more veteran, so he's got more bags in the in, in, you know more tricks in the bag, and that's what really saved him in that first fight. Yeah, I, you know what a lot of U.S. commentators are mentioning. Is something that's been circulated a lot in the English uh, media, which is that Tyson Fury was in terrible shape going into that first fight. His father, a former fighter, essentially said that he was in better shape than him prior to that fight. He said that if you touched him, he was like a piece of uh, wet tissue paper, is how I think he described it. And he essentially was in a fat camp for over a year. He's only... <laughs> right. With literally to do keto, to stop drinking, stop doing drugs, and to lose 150 pounds, which he did successfully. There's a lot of credit to that. But he wasn't really strength training. He wasn't really doing the type of boxing training that you'd expect from a championship-level heavyweight fighter. He has been doing that now. Um, I think in an ideal world, he would have used the last two fights to train with Sugar Hill steward um because if he was going to train his trainers why wait until after the first two fights after that he just fought you know he probably should have trained with sugar hill steward for those last two fights leading into this fight so i i think though that like i started out saying here that it just really hasn't been discussed enough in the u.s media that he really wasn't in very good shape for that last uh wilder fight and you could see it in his body i mean he was just soft all around. Yeah, absolutely. He was, you know, you know, you know, look, sugar, I, I've said this, uh, sugar, cause so many folks kind of questioned that move. And I actually was like, well, you know, I mean, he did help out, um, Anadonna Stevenson, uh, box better, uh, throw his right hand better. Um, it made him a much more round fighter than we had seen him uh, previously. Cause even she was so raw. You know, yeah. you know, this is my thing, though, Amilcar and anybody else. You guys want to call and certainly can in about another 10 minutes. Uh, let's just get, get our final thoughts, and then we'll get everybody's calls and, and their picks. But here's my thing. Um, I, I think at, a, at, the, at the stage of where Tyson Fury's at is that there's not a whole lot of tricks that you're going to learn new from anybody. 
you know, from having yeah. the other guy that was training him to now, you know, Sugar uh, from from the Cross Jam. There's not a whole lot that I believe he's going to learn. I think he's going to still be the same Tyson Fury. I think that he's going to do what what really good veterans with still good conditioning can do, which is like uh, Guillermo Rigandau. Guillermo, in his last two fights, everybody thought his legs are shot. His legs are done. Come to find out, that was by choice. He was actually listening to the fans. They were calling him boring. He goes out, he goes out there, back into the style of, I'm not going to move around. I'm not going to be that, that, that elusive. And I'm going to, you know, sit and, and trade with Solis. And then he finds out, guess what? It's not going to work. I'm going to have to revert to where it's got me where it's always kept me, you know, an Olympian and a world champion it's preserved me correctly. I think with Tyson Fury that if, if he makes the mistake that we will see an early, you know, knockdown as Kenny was mentioning, because to me, that's, he's immediately trying to go into the, the, the jaws of the lion. And, and I think as soon as he feels the, the, the razor teeth of, of Wilder, he's going to revert back to what he's always been. You know, Boogaloo from Jungle Book, dancing away, you know, having a good time. I just hey. don't see him trying to really uh, impose his side and, and, and size and then try to implicate whatever sugar is going to bring to that table. I just don't see it happening. I, I, maybe a slight bit, but I, I think he's who he is, and that's he needs to accept that. So, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Uh, yeah, Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury. He is who he is. That's about it. He ain't changing. Uh, he's not going to develop any power. He's not training for that. He's still, I, I think he's still in a fat camp. Because if you look at his stomach, he still, still looks like the Michelin man. But, uh, yeah, he needs to put some muscle on his body. <laughs> he needs to put some muscle on his body. Like, seriously, if he plans to compete with dudes like Deontay Wilder and and Anthony Joshua, you know those are very powerful guys. And if the last dude, I, uh, sorry, no disrespect, I don't remember his name. If the last dude they fought cut him up so bad with a punch, you know, because he was landing way more than Wilder. Yes, um, it's just a very bad look. A very bad look if he gets hit and he's and he's that low in weight. He he definitely needs to bulk up a little bit. Not not burn fat. But build muscle. Hit some high-intensity interval training, my buddy. Burn the fat, really? keep the muscle, all right? That's what well, he needs. He said that, that he's put on muscle for this fight. So that's something that he says he's tried to do um, for this fight. In fact, he said that for the uh, Tom Schwartz fight, that he actually went down a lot in weight uh, because he was new to Las Vegas, the heat. What what in the, the in the gym was uh, leading to him to, to you know train in a very hot environment and the weight was just coming off even though he didn't want it to but I don't think either you two are really giving Tyson Fury enough credit when it comes to his ability to adjust in the ring he adjusted tremendously after the Otto Valin cut which was opened up by a punch which can happen in, in a heavyweight fight. Um, he totally adjusted his, his plan. And if you look at the way he fought Tom Schwartz in the fight before that, granted Tom Schwartz isn't the highest level rated heavyweight, but 
he was boxing from the orthodox stance in, in the first round to the softball stance in the second round. And what a lot of people don't realize, and I heard Freddie Roach say this because he held the mitts for Tyson, is that he's actually a very strong puncher from the softball stance because he's a natural softball, but he just chooses to fight orthodox in most of his fights. And if you remember, when he put down Otto Valine, sorry, not Otto Valine, um, Tom Schwartz in their fight, it was in the second round when he was fighting out of the southpaw stance. Southpaw stance, And what I've right. noticed in the training footage that I've seen so far, and he hasn't released much training footage, but he's been training a lot from the southpaw. I saw him training from the southpaw stance for this Wilder fight. So, you know, he's not – if he does go for the knockout, I'm sure he'll be st- – um, uh, you know, approaching Wilder out of his natural, powerful stance, which is his left-hand stance. Because usually he's you know, fighting with that lead um, uh, right-hand jab uh, as opposed to, you know, the – sorry, uh, lead left-hand jab, sorry. And not the, know, the lead right I'm not saying I'm – I'm not discrediting what Tyson did and what he's done. I, 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 what I'm saying is this, is that – Whatever new method, I don't think there should be a new method. If you go back and you watch that first fight, I tell you what really kept him in the fight here, in my opinion, is that he did some sensational body work against, uh, you know, uh, Wilder. Uh, he jabbed at the stomach, he jabbed at the solar plex, and that pushed back Wilder anytime he felt like pressing. You know, the punch that he snuck in when Tom Schwartz was an uppercut. That's what really rang the bell of Tom Schwartz. Um, he's phenomenal when he's right there in the inside. You know, the conditioning could do a whole lot. Um, I just think that the opportunities that he creates is when he's moving, not when he's pressing forward. Um, He capitalizes on guys' mistakes. And that's what I'm saying is why, why try to change that? When you did so well in the first fight with Wilder, you just needed to do it just a bit more. I said this. Let me tell you this. When the fight, when that first fight happened, Came back on leaving the ring, and I said this. Tyson fought almost a perfect fight. He, if he adds just a little bit here and there to his repertoire, nothing big, nothing huge, um, you're, he, he, he could get that, that bigger leap over Wilder. To me, my question was, can Wilder do any more? Can he be any better than he was on that night they faced each other the first time? I'm very curious about that. I'm not sure. You know, um, beating Ortiz and beating these other guys that were there in front of him, again, doesn't give me a whole lot to go off of. Doesn't tell me everything that I need to know about Wilder. He has gotten better, but he he still hasn't really shown how good of a jab. We keep hearing he has a phenomenal jab, but we still haven't really seen it. We've seen glimpses of a very, you know, strong jab, but Strong jab and educated jab are two different things, guys, right? You know, an educated jab can push yeah. a guy, can move a guy to where you, where you want your right hand to land. An educated jab can dictate the fight. An educated jab can slow down the speed of another guy. Dante Wilder really doesn't do any of that because he's so busy, so consumed in landing that right hand. Yeah, I... I'm gonna definitely have to agree with David on this one. I, I'm not discrediting Tyson Fury at all. He's a professional fighter. He's a great fighter. He can move like no other heavyweight. You know, I'm not gonna go through his accolades. The guy's great. We know that. Um, I'm just saying 
that I feel Deontay Wilder's going to come out with the win in this one. You know, Deontay Wilder gets better in, in every fight. The second time he fights people, he always does better than the first time he fights them. And he finishes them off earlier. What that tells me, just off of that little uh, simple analysis, I guess, is uh, that this knockdown is going to come way earlier in the fight. Not knockout, knockdown is going to come way earlier in the fight. And supposedly, according to Tyson Fury's father, uh, Tyson Fury has been training to put on weight, to put on muscle. I don't see it. But if that is the case, that he is putting on muscle, then you know, uh, he's going to be a little, or he's going to be just as slow as he was uh, uh, um, when he was in the fat camp, as you called the milk car, because uh, he didn't drop, a, like, he dropped a lot of weight, and supposedly he's putting a lot of weight back to put on muscle. It doesn't really sound too realistic what his father's saying, and I haven't really seen too much pictures or videos to know what he's really looking like. So, my thought is basically based off of the last time that I saw his physique. The, 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 that's it. Nothing else. So, besides that, yes, he's a very talented man. He did great in the first fight. And, yeah, I just see him going down much sooner because I, 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 don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, dodge Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder has gotten better with each of his last, I think, five fights because he actually fought opponents that are worthy, that have uh, talent, talent him. They, they, it's not a walk in the park for him. So I think he's gotten better with each of his last five fights, and it's only going to show that the, the, the Deontay Wilder that Fury's going to be fighting is not the Deontay Wilder that Fury fought two or three fights ago, whenever it was. It's going to be much different. You're going to see. He's going to land a lot more punches, including that jab. Well, if he fought the worst of Tyson Fury, let me just put this out there real quick. If he fought the worst of Tyson Fury, you imagine, I mean, because this could go both ways too, Kenny. If, if, if Tyson Fury was not in the top of his A game and he fought the worst of, of, of what we saw of Tyson Fury, and Tyson is actually saying, look, I needed more time. I needed to put muscle. I needed to do all this extra to, to really be formally who I was before. Uh, then I think Wilder's going to have a hell of a night then because he was having a hell of a night on that first fight. It was a tough fight for him because he was having so much problems finding a a fat camp Tyson Fury. He was definitely yeah. having a ton of trouble. Sorry, go ahead, Emilcar. No, I was just going to say a, a couple of things. One, the U.S. media, again, that covers boxing, has repeatedly mentioned over and over again that, you know, Deontay Wilder is impressive in his rematches. But I think that requires a little bit further analysis. You know, you look at Bermain Stavern. Bermain Stavern was much better in the first fight than he was in the second fight. He, in the second fight, he weighed in at his career highest up until that point. The only time he weighed in higher than that was when he got beat up by Joe Joyce, and he and was, was in tremendous for that fight. Yes, he had been out of the ring for two years. He was at a career high weight, and he came in as a last minute substitute opponent. I think you've got to throw that rematch out of the yeah, out, out of the way. Door. Yeah. yeah. Out the door. And then the only other one was Ortiz. The only other one was Ortiz, who was slightly younger than 40 in the first fight and was older than 40 in the second fight. And 
to me, was in parts of the fight, was actually boxing much better in the second fight than he was in the first fight. So he got hit by a shot, as he did in the first fight. I don't really think Deontay was that much better in the rematch with Ortiz than he was in the first fight. Um, I definitely didn't. I, I mean, he landed fewer, fewer punches. And I think the rounds were much more even in the first fight than they were in the, in the rematch. I mean, most people felt that Luis Ortiz, and including myself, won the majority of the uh, of the rounds wow. in the second fight. And, and he did. Yep. And then, yeah, absolutely. And in the first fight, a lot of those rounds were back and forth. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm not disagreeing with anything that you just said right now. Everything you said is correct. But I still disagree with that, that he didn't do better in the, in the second fight. He didn't do better in the terms of punches landed. I think he did better in realizing what his style actually is and uh, coming into himself and, and learning Deontay Wilder, or, or, or what he calls the bronze, bronze bomber. He said uh, when he's in the ring, he's a bronze bomber, so whatever, yeah. Um, he's much different. He, he In the second fight versus Ortiz, he wasn't just windmill wilding or letting punches go all over the place. And the second, price, second fight versus Ortiz, what he was doing was uh, – being a lot more calm, patient, looking for his punches. But when he landed that right hand, that wasn't a windmill. That was a straight sniper power shot that he was looking for, and he just timed it and let it go. That's how he's gotten better. He hasn't, I'm, he's not a great boxer. We know that. He's not going to win rounds. He's going to lose most rounds. I think, I, and he's I, gonna you know. He's going to land less yeah. punches and all that. And, and so, yeah. Sorry, what was I you going to say, David? I think, I was going to say, I, what I think, and I think this is what you're talking about, Kenny, because this is what I see. I, I see a glimpse of him being very intellectual. Like, he's, he hasn't really shown that because of his power. He's been wild. He's been able to land these big shots, and it's saved his ass numerous times. And I think with that Ortiz fight, because I did see that. I saw that. A guy, he went out there with a game plan. He understood what he did wrong in that first fight, which was go into a complete firefight. This time around, he was more cautious. He waited for his moments. He was giving rounds away because he didn't seem like he was in a bit of a rush. He was just waiting for the perfect time to strike, and he did it. And that, that's what I, I actually was kind of impressed about because going in with a Tyson Fury, I think that he has to make every shot count this time around because if you look at that 10th, 11th, and 12th round, guys, he was gassed out. He wasn't really... There, he was breathing hard. He was, he was, you know, knocking out the wind, but he wasn't really catching Tyson Fury. But that's what got him to catch him on that final round. So a little bit of this and a little bit of that, of Fury's got to put in together to figure out Tyson Fury. But the ball of who has the IQ in the ring has to go with Tyson Fury all the way because, like Amir. I mean, like Kenny said, you think he found himself. I don't. I still don't think he's found who he really is yet. I think he's mm-hmm. still figuring out some of the things in the ring that works for him. But facing the guys he's faced, five guys, you know, three guys back, do not prepare you for a Tyson Fury whose style is very difficult uh, to, to kind of find in, in, in a sparring partner to, to replica. That's a very difficult style because he's so, he's so orthodox and unique. 
I agree. It's, it's difficult to replicate, but I don't think uh, he needs to find someone to replicate uh, exactly. He already knows what Tyson Fury looks like. He spent 12 rounds in the ring with the man last fight. He knows exactly what he looks like. He's training for that. The first fight, it was a surprise. This fight, he's educated on what Tyson Fury looks like. What I see him doing is patiently looking for his punches like he did in that fight, in that second fight with Ortiz. He's going to patiently look for the, for the punches that he landed in the first fight or for the openings that he saw in the first fight. He's desperately going to watch that tape. And, yes, it would look crazy. He would look very funny if uh, Tyson well, Fury came out southpaw. That would I'll be a complete this. different change. I'll tell you this, way, Kenny, because you're thinking about the way you fought the first fight. But if, but if, but if Tyson comes out with the, saw, the southpaw stance, if Tyson comes out more aggressive, then it's going to be a complete surprise. Um, go ahead, Milkar. Sorry about that. No, I was just going to say that, uh, David, that this, the idea that he can just do what he did with Luis Ortiz and give up rounds and hope to hope to land that one power shot, that's not going to work against Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury throws a lot more punches than Luis Ortiz. He moves a lot more than Luis Ortiz. He's going to be touching up Deontay with the jab if Deontay's just standing around like he did with uh, with Ortiz. David, I agree more with you. I think that if Wilder's going to have the type of success that he's going to need to have to win the fight, he's going to have to improve the use of his jab. And like you, I've been hearing for years that, you know, that's something he has in his repertoire. You know, that's obviously something that his coach, Mark Breland, is fam- famous for. Um He's going to have to be using a consistent jab and now jabbing um, a Fury on the way to landing a right hand. Because just standing around and waiting to land that one shot, you know, he's just going to be giving up rounds. And if he does that, uh, I'll be honest with you, Tyson Fury is going to just decide probably to stink out the joint and, and box at a distance because he's got a huge advantage over Wilder, something that Ortiz didn't have, right? He's got much better footwork than Ortiz. And if he's up six, seven rounds, he can just jab from the outside and box at a distance. As long as he doesn't have a... mentioning... So go ahead, Kenny. Sorry, repeat the end of what you said. I didn't hear you. So I was just saying that because of his height and reach advantage, two things that Luis Ortiz doesn't have... Um, Tyson Fury is is going to be much harder to do that to in terms of just timing him with one shot. Not to mention just his use of feints and left and right lateral movement and head movement. I mean, what what Deontay did against Luis Ortiz is not something that he can try to do again um, or should try to do again uh, against um, Tyson Fury. We're going to open up the lines right uh, right about now, in about another uh, 10 seconds here, we got a lot. We have, the phone lines are pretty packed right now, guys. So um, <clears throat> just uh, really quick, just to put in my, my last two cents about uh, Deontay Wilder's jab. I, I, again, um, he hasn't used it much. He's going to have to use it against. I agree with Milkar all the way. you got to use that jab. But not just a jab that just comes straight to your face. Because of how, how mobile and how elusive that Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury creates angles. He goes side to side. He turns his shoulders. He knows how to turn those shoulders so the punches can slip. That's where Wilder 
if they were doing their their homework correctly, they were watching them correctly, the jab shouldn't go straight down the pipe. The jab needs to go to the shoulders. So, you know, it's going to make it's going to make Wilder, if he switches to the left and you have your jab coming to the shoulder, you end up numbing those shoulders. It's, you know, it's like a trolley horse, you know, and then go to the body. Make that, because that body, the waist is always going to stay there, you know. So, this, like I said, there's a lot of things that <clears throat> Wilder can do, um, you know, th- that he could pull from the drawing board, but I'm just not that confident that he could do that because of the opponents that he's faced. He's never had to pull those type of cards off of the board, to use against opponents. Tyson Fury, if you'll watch those last two fights, he really was in his zone, his own world. He was able to do what he wants to do, uh, almost like if he's in a sparring session, but he was in a sparring session with real guys that wanted to take his head off. So it's a really interesting fight, but I want to let some other people on and uh, hear their opinion. Let's go with uh, let's go with our good friend, Hamed, man. How you doing, brother? You're on live right now and leaving the ring. Yes, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. It's been a while. Since I called it has, man. Yeah, the shows have been um, like you guys uh, obviously do a show late. Uh, I was sleeping early, so I was up to the okay. uh, But uh, yeah, I was listening to both of you guys. Uh, not uh, Kenny. It's good to be back talking to you guys. Uh, I agree What's up, with brother? you. I, how's it going? You all right? Good, good. I agree with what uh, like I can understand what Kenny was saying, but I agree with pretty much everything I'm not uh, said. And I think he broke everything down. Like, I said this, and I rewatched the Ortiz Wilder fight. Wilder, I don't think, looked good in that rematch. Like, maybe he was patient, and maybe he knew that Ortiz is older and is going to gas up. But you can't do that. And, uh, like, that was a gamble, which paid off. Like, if he does that right. against Fury, that's, that's not going to work. Just look at Klitschko when he fought Fury. I know that was a younger Fury, and it was a fight that was a long way back. I know Wilder is not classical, the two different fighters, but if, you, if you're just looking for one shot and you're following a guy around and not cutting off the ring and letting your hands go, you're pretty much going to be down on points, and after 8, 9, 10, 11, you're going to get desperate. Yeah. Wilder obviously could get a home run in the 12th and 11th round. That's where I think he's very dangerous, but that's a captain most. Uh, tactic that I personally don't think is a good tactic. With with this fight, I do think Fury will be in better shape physically. Mentally, he might have been in better shape for the first fight. I'm not sure how he is. Mentally, he said a lot of stuff to the build-up to this that he's kind of contradicting himself. Whether or not that's just him as a person, and he'll actually go on to try and knock Wilder out, which I think is possible. I don't know, but I do think he'll be better physically than that first fight because he was basically in a fight camp. And let's be real, he didn't really fight the live body since he fought Klitschko. And that was like in 2015. So he hadn't really right. fought anyone until he got in the ring with Wilder. Now people try saying that Ortiz is not that good, but Wilder still had fought. He was more active and had actually fought a much better competition leading up to that. So I think for that, just showed in that fight that Fury. Obviously, he's a very good boxer. Wilder is a very bad boxer. I, I do get what Milka saying. He's not as bad as some people think. In terms of when he's thinking and when he's trying to step up the right hand, he's doing what he's effective at. And that's what he all he needs to do. Because he said after the rematch with Ortiz, all he needs to be is perfect for two seconds. And I think he pretty much hit the nail on the head. 
he doesn't really need to windmill and let his hands go that way. If he could just get one right hand in like he did against Dominic Brazil, he could knock you out. The flip side with this fight is if he hits Fury again and Fury gets back up, and Fury is the one who's in control and and is uh, a lot more one-sided, I think Wilder could be in trouble. The thing, the thing I'm kind of skeptical of, if Fury said he wants to go for a knockout, uh, I don't think he's going to be stupid and put his chin in the air. The thing is, if he can't knock him out, uh, is Fury going to try and box him or is he going to keep trying to go for a knockout? Because I agree with Amilka. I don't think backing off and clowning, taking the tongue out and doing that shit in the first fight is going to... He's going to work for 24 rounds. He's done it for 12. He got away. I think Wilder was way too wild in that first fight. I think in this fight, I do think he has to back Wilder up. I don't think Wilder could fight on the back foot. I don't know about you guys, but do you think Wilder, on that level, against someone like Fury, elite fighter, could fight on the back foot? Because I think Fury... I haven't seen him do it yet. Yeah, I I, I agree with Milko. I haven't seen him do it, but, you know, here's the thing with, with me, though, Hamed, is that... I've always felt that Fury couldn't really think while he's in the ring. I've always thought he's more of a guy that reacts to what you're doing. That's why we've seen him get so sloppy, uh, get off balance. With the Ortiz fight, it told me, well, no, wait a minute. He can actually stick to a game plan. But his his quick reaction, if, if Fury, in my opinion, if Fury was to try to push him back, then you're going to want that Wilder to to kind of open up and be wild because that's when he can catch Fury. Because if when you're if you're to me, if you're going to try to be technically sound against Fury, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose that fight. Yeah, you, I think Wilder just needs can't. to be th- that needs to be that awkward that he was in that first fight as much as Tyson has to be Tyson. I I, yeah, I would disagree on, with that. I agree with what I have my said, but I would disagree with what you just said, David, because I feel that Wilder needs to be that calm dude. Let let Tyson Fury win all the damn rounds. Who cares? Let him throw what all the punches. Let, let him throw eighty punches around if he wants. Let him get tired. All he needs to do is land that one punch. That's all he needs to do. And that's all he's gonna look to do. You guys wait and see. I got no, Wilder by knockout. The, this is not gonna be a twelve round fight. The problem yeah, I have yeah. with that statement, Kenny. Hold on, guys. Let, Hamed, let me hear what Ahmed has to say real quick. I let Milka get it because I think Kenny is kind of missing the point. Uh, Wilder already dropped the guy when he was not as in good shape when he was just coming exactly. off a long layer. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't knock him out. All right, that was, he came close. Wilder Fury was virtually knocked out for a couple of seconds and just about beat the count. But we've seen Fury get back up. And he recovered. Like, his, the guy, we all know, the guy is a freak of nature. Like, I don't think anyone else I've seen recover like that. I'd probably have to go back to Larry Holmes. I think it was against, I can't remember, was it any Shavers or Ron Lyle? Like, one of those fights. I can't remember which exactly one it was. But the point is, if you can't knock the guy out and you're giving up rounds, which are not even competitive, the Ortiz fight wasn't competitive. I had a 6 nil. I think Wilder was competitive in one round. We all know Fury's faster, much better boxer. He's taller, got a better jab. You do that against Fury, you're 11-0 down in rounds. You won't even be able to debate whether or not you won the fight. The first fight, I thought the reason it was so competitive was because Wilder actually let his hands go. But on the flip side, he was missing so much. 
I think if he jabs and uses his jab, he could have more success. Because Fury, I don't think people remember, Fury was bleeding from the nose early on. Wilder just mm-hmm. negated the jab. Whether or not Fury was also beating him in the battle of jabs. But, yeah, I'd like to hear what Milka was saying. Because I thought he, made, he was going to make an interesting point. Yeah, what I was going to say is that the comparison again between Ortiz and, and Fury just to me isn't a good one because, A, um, you know, Ortiz has a, a 78-inch uh, reach. Fury, all right, so Wilder has an 83-inch reach. He's usually the guy with the longest reach in, in the fight. And when you step into his punching range or step backwards, he's able to catch you uh, with that right hand. Tyson Fury has an unheard of 85-inch reach. Um, he's probably only person that Deontay Wilder has box or will box that has a large, longer uh, reach than him. And he just cannot afford to stand in front of, of Tyson Fury and do what he did versus a much older, much slower, much shorter fighter in, in Luis Ortiz. The other thing, too, is if he's waiting for Tyson Fury to get tired, honestly, that's not going to happen. Tyson Fury, yes, it is. big yes, heavyweight that I've seen, has, has got some of the best cardio I've, I've ever seen. What do you think happened in the 12 rounds? I agree. What do you I think happened in the 12 rounds when he got knocked down? It was yeah, not in the <laughs> it was not Fury that 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 was gassing at the end of the fight. In fact, he didn't go down because he was tired. He went down because he landed a good shot on on um, Deontay Wilder, got greedy, and then decided to go inside of Wilder's punching range as opposed to staying outside of his punching range and fight a more disciplined fight. Andre Ward said it said it uh, very well on on a little synopsis thing he did. He said, look, if I had an 85-inch reach, I wouldn't even get hit. You know, he was talking to Tyson Fury about his strategy. You know, if Tyson Fury wanted, he could literally dance around the ring. And in terms of the shape he's going to arrive in, look at the Klitschko fight. He was not, you know, a a, a fat fighter in in that fight. And, again, in that fight, it was was, um, Klitschko that was huffing and puffing and getting tired, not Fury. So if Deontay Wilder thinks he's... Yeah, he, he thinks he's just he gonna, doesn't have a history of gassing out. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. I literally just feel that. I literally just feel that he doesn't have a history of gassing out. But if Deontay Wilder could box a little more on the back foot and just let Tyson Fury try to hit him, not stay there as a target and get hit, move around and let Tyson Fury swing a whole lot, which he does. And move his head a whole lot, and hold he his has never energy done. a little a, a little later into like the third or fourth or fifth round when Tyson Fury is a little plan, more Kenny. tired. I'm Kenny. That's sorry, a terrible plan. He, Wilder's been hurt before. Tyson Fury has yeah. hurt Wilder in that fight. You know, um, he was getting bro. Wilder was not hurt. He was tired. No, bro. Wilder he got hurt. No. in the last fight. Jack Reese said. You go ahead. Can I say something? Because this, I think, is a key uh, element which I think we all missed out on. Well, uh, Fury said he's going to come in 19 stone. I think that's 266 pounds. If he's heavy as 270, above 266, and he's about 275, 
even if he carries the weight, I think he could get tired. It don't matter how good your stamina is. If you're moving around for 12 rounds, yeah. you're bound to get tired. With a guy with... Uh, the thing is, Wilder's is not just about the weight and doing the boxing thing. Wilder's going to put a lot of pressure, like mental pressure, like that Fury will have to bring as well. The guy, if he's going to be plodding around the ring, following him with a big right hand, that's going to obviously bring unnecessary energy. So I think weight may matter as well. But Fury, I think if he's anywhere between 18 and a half to 19 stone, 266, uh, just under 270, I think that should be okay. It depends how he approaches the fight. Like if he if he was to box against Klitschko, obviously he shouldn't be coming that heavy. But if he wants to do some damage and sit down on his punches, that might be the right game plan. But I can understand what Kenny's saying because if, if he's really heavy, the guy will get tired. It don't matter who you are. Like You're carrying that much extra yeah, weight. If, yeah, I, I agree with that. If, he's, if he comes in with that extra muscle, that's why I was saying, I'm like, do you really want to put on that much muscle? That makes no sense to me. If you, if you relied on your ability to get away from a guy and use your legs and the majority of your whole career, why would you change all of that? You know, that's like Wilder that's saying, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight like, you know, like Glora. I'm going to fight like uh, Rigendow. You know, I want to sit back yeah. and, and box. Beautiful. It, it just doesn't work. You know, I, I don't see. I thought, Dave, I thought, I thought he had more success to when he let his hands go. Because remember when Wilder dropped him Right, I agree. Yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. He gets back yeah. up and he runs out, he chases after Wilder. So if he's got more snap on his power and more weight. Because uh, I watched a couple of, I, I think I watched a couple of heavyweight fights here, undercard, and I think it was one of David Hayes' fights a couple of years ago. I, I realized that some heavyweights do come in at different weight. They fluctuate. It depends what they're trying to do. If they're trying to go for early KOs and whether or not Fury could do that, I don't know. But I think weight and that, it depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying to use it and he's trying to maul over Wilder, push him back, lean on him, that could tire Wilder out. And that could be to his advantage, but it depends what he's trying to do, like, uh, if he's trying to use it to knock and hurt the Wilder and push him back, then I think that might be the right tactic. I don't know, you know, here's my thing, is that, if if you want to talk about guys letting their hands go, that is more for, in my opinion, Wilder's department, because he was successful against Fury when it happened. Fury's best, the best part of the fight speed with, with with, when, when, in Fury's moments in that fight was when he made Dante Wilder miss. And Hawk made it right now on the chat room, made a great point. He made Wilder miss a lot of shots, but he never made him pay for it. So yeah, yeah. this that's time around, I think that's what Fury needs to do is make him pay for it. Not go to him, allow Wilder to bring the fight to him because like I said, there are times that he got clipped and he got hurt and he got dropped is when he got a little bit too greedy, like Emil Carr had mentioned. He got greedy, and he decided to stick around for the change in receipt. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's true. I, I was just going to say, that's true, uh, Kenny, but the thing with that also is uh, he he left a lot of early rounds and I thought a couple of uh, maybe mid-rounds uh, to interpretation. I thought Fury won the fight, but I had it close. Like, I didn't think it was 10-2. I had it 8-4. And I thought some of those rounds were close because Fury, rather than make Wilder pay, he was like either making over, making him over miss and pay, uh, making him over miss, and rather than that, just clowning, you know, showboating, which you could do. But if you, if you're missing chances to land one two extra jabs, then I think you are missing out with Wilder. I thought Wilder 
did let his hands go in that first fight, but I thought he overcommitted. I thought Ortiz and Inch Ortiz was opposite. Well, this was actually a big... If, uh... Sorry. I was going to say, Sorry. I feel that if Wilder, that if Fury lets his hands go, uh, then he's going to put himself in the in the path to get that eraser. And that's what he was trying to prevent the per- first fight. And that's why every time he caught him with the first dab punch, he ain't tried to capitalize with the power punch. He just, you know, took a step back. He wasn't trying to get erased. And it's going to be the same thing this fight. If he tries to capitalize once he stuns him, he's going to be erased again. And he is going to get tired by round 12 if the fight goes that far. And, and Deontay Wilder is going to get the knockdown early in the fight. This is going to be way more serious on Deontay Wilder's side. You watch. And uh, Ahmed, I have a question yeah, for you possibly. before you get off the phone. I don't know when you plan on going. But the question is, for everybody that calls, you have to choose a fighter. We're going to tally this yeah. up by the end. Who you oh, got, yeah, Wilder Fury? I, I was going to say a couple more things before uh, I drop off. I'm okay, sounds good. I, I was just going to say this. Uh, if, if Wilder drops him early, I think Fury's in trouble. Uh, we got to look at this. Fury got dropped in the 12th yep. round. I know Wilder carries his power, but Wilder said he's coming in heavy. Now, I think that, that is risky and dangerous because that could slow down his uh, timing and speed. And I think Wilder should not be heavier than about 215, if I'm being honest. But if he's coming closer to 220 or heavier, that could slow him down. But if he lands his right hand and he's early, I think Fury will go. The thing we've got to look at, Fury got dropped in the ninth and 12th round. Those were towards the end where I think Wilder's power may, may not have been as concussive as he is early on. Whether or not that's true, it's hard to tell. Wilder, I think, is someone who's heavy-handed from round 1 to 12, but he's probably more heavy-handed early. It, I don't disagree with anything you said. <laughs> yeah, I think Amilcar was going to say something. No, I was just going to say that there was a disagreement in terms of philosophies between Freddie Roach and Ben Davidson um, in the first Fury Wilder fight. And the difference in philosophies was that uh, Ben Davidson, who's the lead trainer, wanted Tyson to box cautiously. And like you were saying, Kenny, land that jab and then kind of, you know, move away and then land another jab and move away. And then when there was an opening, maybe land the right hand. Whereas Freddie Roach actually was saying there were opportunities there where he felt that – Tyson should have been much more offensively minded early on and should have even gone in for a knockout just because of how off balance and, um, you know, in range uh, Wilder was for for power shots. So it was actually a criticism that that Freddie Roach made at the end of the fight in public, actually. Um, Maybe it's one of the reasons Tyson ended up leaving Ben Davidson, you know, and moving to another trainer, at least one of the reasons, but it's very interesting because for, for both guys to get success, both guys need to make adjustments. And I would say that yeah. the, the more adjustments actually have to be made on the Wilder side, and I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it. It's one of the reasons I'm tuning into this fight because it's a, it's a very evenly uh, matched fight where both guys have legit paths of victory. Yeah. I want to say this before I drop off because I know you guys got a lot of callers. Uh, I, I, I think I, when I heard that Freddie Roach said that after the fight, I remember saying to my brother, I kind of ridiculed him. I thought that was a stupid idea. But as time went by, 
I saw Freddie Roach was right. I don't think Ben Davidson is a great coach. He might have the potential. I think this was the right thing to do. They should have maybe have done it earlier. The guy was more to me of a guy who's someone who packs Fury on the back, who helped him gain weight, who's a friend. I don't think he's a guy who can adapt. And if you look at that fight, Fury basically pretty much did. Uh, I thought the majority of those tactics were Fury doing a lot of the things down to himself. I don't think that he's someone that should be in the corner in the rematch. You know, that's not knocking him. I just think he's way too inexperienced. And I think if Fury wants to try and hit the guy and knock him out, I think he does need to go with someone else. I did hear him saying on the Costello and Bunce BBC Five Live podcast that uh, Fury wanted to bring someone in. So Ben Davidson left the gym. I don't think he got rid of him. He decided to do it. Yeah, I, I think for the rematch, it's a 50-50 fight. I do agree with Amokala. Walden has got a lot of adjustments to make. Uh, he's basically a puncher who's fighting a very good boxer. But since he hit so hard, and this is the heavyweight division, all it takes is one punch. Like He doesn't need to be perfect for 36 minutes. He just needs to be perfect for a couple of seconds. With the flip side, I think Fury is a freak of nature. I, I've never seen a heavyweight like that for a long time move like that. You don't have to go a long time. And I do think Fury showed in the 12th round he's someone who's not going to lay down. He'll get back up. So I, I think he's a 50-50 fight. If I was to choose a winner, I'd probably go with Fury, although I won't be surprised if this goes the other way. I will say I think Fury is the guy who could adjust, who's got more in his game. I think as as long as mentally the guy is switched on and he knows what's in front of him like the first time, I think he should get this done. And I think Wilder is heavily flawed. I think Wilder, I rewatched the Ortiz fight. I wasn't impressed. I know this was Ortiz and it's a different fight. But as I've watched Wilder, I think I don't think the guy is someone good enough to go and beat him. And I, I personally don't think he could keep getting, getting away with just relying on one right hand. I think this fight will probably be the fight uh, where Fury might, I think, get the W. Although I could be wrong. I think it could go either way. But I'd probably go with Fury if I was to pick one. But thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you man. Always a pleasure. Fury, Fury one, Wilder zero. All right, let's go with uh, area code uh, eight six zero. You're on live right now and leaving the ring. What's on your mind? Hey, how you guys doing? It's CT. Hey, CT. What's wow. up? What are you doing? Yes, bro. How are you? Good, What's good. Excellent, man. Oh. You calling from Connecticut, uh, I guess? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the Wild and Fury rematch this weekend. Um, I think what both fighters can come out, you know, going into the rematch, they can cover, get from the first fight. Fury was very relaxed in the first fight. And I think, uh, you know, Wild just needs to set up his right hand a little bit better. Um, maybe establish, establish a better jab in the rematch. Um, I'm going to lean towards the Wilder only because, you know, Fury doesn't seem as hungry as he did the first time going in, but I could be wrong. I mean, uh, it's up to whoever makes the better adjustments in the rematch, um, but I'm looking forward to a close competitive fight. I'm going to lean towards Wilder, maybe by late stoppage from Fury, uh, maybe have lapses in the later rounds, almost like he did in the first fight. But I think this time Wilder will take advantage of it once he hurts him. Mm, there you go, Kenny. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. The, the yeah, first knockdown is going to come earlier, and the KO is going to come earlier to it. It ain't going to be no round 12 knockdown or whatever. 
is going to be an early knockdown and an early knockout. Now, I give like around eight knockouts or something. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask everybody a question because I haven't um, looked into this yet. I'm going to be ordering the fight this Saturday for sure. And what I've heard is that you have the option to order it on ESPN or order it on Fox. So huh. what are you guys you guys more interested in the Fox broadcast or the or the ESPN broadcast? I'm gonna go with, um, I'll go with Fox. Uh I had great success with Fox last time. So I I mean I don't know. Like Lewis and Joe Goosen and um Brian Kenny. Well, I'm not buying it because of them, you know what I mean? Like I said, I've I have learned this I have a new talent. Like I know I learn how to tune out certain things and just throw yeah. it. it's called alcohol, just to let you know. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know which which of uh commentating crew I wanna to listen to. That's what I heard that we, we could order it through ESPN plus or through the Fox Sports app. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but 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 the dude, uh, Brian Kenny, yeah, he has my name, so I think I'm gonna watch his channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, CT, you got anything else you want to talk about here, bro? Oh uh, no, that's about it. Uh, thanks for putting me on the show. All right, bro. awesome. Yo, Thank- call back, bro. Call back. Thanks for calling. I look forward to hearing back from you. You are my team now. Yeah. <laughs> area code 510 You're on live right now Leading the ring What's on your mind brother Hey David Hey Mel Craig Kenny Fernando here in Richmond How you guys doing Good hey, man. How are you doing Can you hear me Yeah yep. Good man uh, right, right up Right off the bat I got uh, Tyson oh, Excuse me uh, Deontay by knockout I'm not going to call Which round Because you can knock him out In any round But mm. The reason the, the re- I, I really think They're evening match Talent wise but I think the the, the difference is uh, that people aren't really talking about is the mentality, man. The reason I'm picking Deontay because he seems focused and at peace. And meanwhile, Tyson kind of seems like he's all over the place. Like I, uh, today, he was talking about uh, maybe retiring after three fights, right? That's never a good sign. That's never a good sign. Some guys are already planning on retiring, you know. And he switched up trainers, you know. Just, there's too much, there's too much, uh, too, too much of an appearance of a lack of concentration, which uh, you know it's already showed him, showed for uh, Tyson the last two fights he had, man. It didn't look, look like he took those fights seriously against uh, Valin and uh, Schwartz, you know. So I, I just don't like where uh, Tyson Fury is mentally, you know. Yeah, they look like sparring sessions, you know what I mean? High-priced sparring sessions on television. Those fights really didn't belong there. Um, that was my concern as well, you know. I mean, when he signed with top rank, I was like, okay, what, what you know, what's the angle? Um, but you know what, though? I think because of the way Tyson, Tyson – I'm not too concerned about – how erratic he is because that's his personality. I think that Tyson Fury is one of those guys that need to live in some type of uh, chaos or has to be on the go. They're never satisfied with one thing. Um, I think that he's one of those people that don't have a, a stretch, a, a stretched out strategic plan. He just plans as he goes. I could be wrong, but what I've witnessed and what I've heard from him, he's really a guy that's just going to, Live at that moment uh, Wilder, I agree with you Fernando a whole lot I think he's a far more confident guy um, 
I think that, that he strongly, strongly believes in that, that right hand of his. Uh, but but the, the thing is that flaws always, eventually, they all always cost you a fight that's high profile. It almost cost them in the first match. Um, just like many folks felt that, that Tyson edged it. You know, um, if he didn't get that 12th knockdown uh, that he received when he dropped Tyson Fury, I think a strong possibility we wouldn't be here today talking about a rematch. I don't think Tyson Fury would want a rematch with him. But because he was able to get that, you know, dig deep and muster it, we're here. So I, I think that that everything is equal in terms of what's riding on this fight here. Um so I don't, I don't, I wouldn't count out Tyson Fury focus-wise, but I, I agree wholeheartedly with you about uh, Wilder that he's really shown that he believes who he is, and he's he's been fighting to to let the world know that he's the absolute killer, uh, and the bad, he wants to be the baddest man on the planet. Well, one thing I'd say to that is I've also heard Wilder discuss retirement as well, and. He's repeatedly mentioned in interviews that the brain isn't supposed to take the kind of damage that it takes, uh, you know, in boxing. So I've heard both guys talk about um, retirement. I don't know if I'm going to read as much into it as as you have, Fernando. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier, I mean, one of the intriguing things about this fight is that both guys have a legit path to victory. And it's like now we're looking at and nitpicking at kind of these intangible things to kind of, you know, you know, come up with a reason why we think one guy will win or another. You know, it's just very exciting, um, the possibilities of what might happen on, on Saturday night. I'm not expecting a boring fight, though. I, I, I'm not expecting that, it, especially because of Deontay's power rounds one through 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. You know, with, with, with Deontay Wilder, he's actually thanks by that, just by the fact that he could, he could knock out anybody at any minute, any round. You know, it adds to the the drama of the fight, man. What do you guys yeah, think about? Oh, getting back to what you were saying about Milker, about uh, the broadcasters. Yeah. I think that undercard is going to be brutal. Oh my gosh, the the undercard <laughs> the fight doesn't be very yeah. good. And yeah. they're going to have they're going to have broadcasters. They're going to be they're going to have like twenty people on the broadcast from Fox. And ESPN together. You know how much they're going to want to talk? Oh, my I thought, God. It was, I thought it was separate broadcasts. I didn't know that they were uniting both teams. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, they're going to be Don't talking to so much. the Gerald Washington fight? He, he's a homie, but no, not really. Uh, nope. I like I like Gerald Washington, man. He's a good dude. But, yeah, he's uh, – yeah, he should hang him up. I, I do want to see Navarrete fight. I always find him exciting. No, he is. You know, this undercard, man, makes me miss Don King so much, man. Don King would always put on good undercards, man. Always, man. He would have Chavez on the undercard. He had uh, Fernando Lopez on the undercard. He always had yep. undercards, man. Now it seems like we get, like, trash, you know? We're lucky to find, like, you know, a good undercard, man. You know? It's, just, it's brutal, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to go watch this at the movie theater. I don't know why I'm going to go for the first three hours, man. I'm going to be, like, sitting through The Godfather first, the undercard, you know? But... You gotta take in a uh, you gotta take in a backpack like you're going camping and it better be filled with beers. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> exactly. You know it. You know it, homie. You know it. 
And some and some Trader Joe's some Trader Joe's snacks, man, though, because I know you like Trader Joe's too. Definitely, bro. Um, before you ask your question, I just want you to let me know. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice first. You have to make a choice first. Who you got, Fury or Wilder? He said Wilder already. Okay. Wait, no. Wilder. I thought that was CT. Wilder by knockout. Wilder by knockout. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, can, can I change the subject just a little bit? I, I was wondering. Go ahead, bro. Guys, I know you guys probably get to it later, but uh, oh, go for it. What do you guys think of the lightweight division, man? Like, for me personally, man, I've been watching boxing yeah, for like almost right. 30 years now since I was a little kid. That lightweight division is probably the best one I've seen since like the the Pacquiao, Morales, Barrera, uh, Marquez. A group of featherweights, man. That, that, it's uh, Teo, Devin, Tank, Loma. It is stacked, bro. It is now stacked. You, it's unbelievable, man. You got to add the Garcia to the mix. He's been knocking mofos yeah. out, man. Clean, yeah, too. Garcia, man. How loaded is that division, man? And, and what's crazy, right above it, yeah. uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, you know? Yeah, it's like Mickey Garcia. Huh? Yeah, I was just about to say what's crazy is that Mikey Garcia should be in the mix because he's not a he's not a welterweight. He should be fighting at 135. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable, man. I'm, not, I'm so excited. You know, those guys are really young, man. So we might be seeing these guys fight each other for the next 10 years, man, off and on. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so who, who, right now, here's an interesting question for you. Right now, who do you got if if they were to fight? Uh, Tank or Garcia? Uh, for the same reason that I'm not, I'm thinking against Tyson Fury. I have to take Garcia. Yeah. Garcia is the more uh, focused uh, fighter right now, man. Tank, man, he has all these problems outside the ring. They're like taking away from his talent. Uh, you know, that's that's the reason I take Garcia. Yeah. And Garcia, kind of like Deontay, his career is going on the up, not on the down. You know, that's that's the difference know. for me, man. Like. Yeah. yeah, I I agree so with you. Last, on the slide a little bit. Yeah, based on Tank's last last performance against Gamboa, I mean, you know, you you gotta look at Garcia. Looks, he looks the part. You know, he carries the weight very well. Um, his hand speed is on point. Though the last guy that he fought on Valentine's Day, we got to admit he was leading in with his head. Why, dude? If you got clipped with a left hook, why would you continue? To step forward with your head. Why would you put your head first to block a punch? I didn't. I didn't get that at all. I thought that was the stupidest thing well, that, a, that he, like he it didn't. Was. Even, it, it was just so off for me. I was like, it almost felt like he did it on purpose. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, oh, he, oh, got me, oh, let me see if you do it again. I, I didn't understand any of that. You know, I, I didn't he's believe. I don't believe the power. I think he felt, look, I went rounds with Tank Davis or other guys. I'll go rounds with this guy. And th- they don't still respect that, that hook he's got. I mean, that hook is is, is a thing of it's beauty, vicious, the way he throws it. Yeah, yeah. Take my hat off to Chepo Reynoso, man. This guy is some trainer. I mean, Ryan Garcia did not look like this a few fights ago. He's really got to move in, moving and throwing his punches well. So you guys Ryan I'm still reserved. I got to tell you guys the truth. I'm I'm very reserved with them still. Um, I wasn't too excited just because the whole overall, it, it, you know, I still need to see. I think Linares is going to be the biggest test. If he could do something with Linares, 
and and show me that he can box him and if he and knock him out in, in a much, you know, because this 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 fight that he had on Valentine's Day was a kiss and give me a rose and go home type of fight. I, I wasn't impressed as much as all you guys were impressed. I wasn't impressed. I was there going like, all right, no big deal. Let's move forward. I want to see him with tougher guys, guys with longer resumes and guys that are, that are actually going to test them and take them to the deep water. Lenars is that okay. guy. David, I, I got look, I got to kind of disagree on, on a couple things. Go for it. You know, Romero Duno was expected to be a tough fight, right? Francisco Fonseca came in, I'm not saying as someone who, was, who most people felt were, was going to win, but not someone that was going to get KO'd like that. I wasn't necessarily impressed by the fact that he won. I was impressed by the way that he won. No, I can give you that. I can give you that. I can give you that. You know, that, that it was impressive the way he did it. But at the same time, when you get something that, that is that fast, where do you really rate him at? You know, where do we put him at? You know, can we say that he could be – I mean, you know, we're already saying he could beat Tank Davis because of his last performance. The way I don't Tank know. Looked. But, but – Tank could have not taken Gamboa very serious and, and get himself back together, you know. I just still want to see him in a test like Lenaris before I start saying he could be a real player against the other guys that are in the lightweight division. That's why. See, and that's, yeah. that's yeah. the difference think... between Tank Davis and the guy who promotes him, Mayweather. Mayweather took all his opponents serious. Mayweather always trained for his fights. Mayweather right. always made weight. Mayweather, you know, was a disciplined boxer. Um, I don't think Tank Davis is any of those things. He's got a hell of a lot of talent. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that, that Ryan Garcia can. Yep. Go ahead, Kenny. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say that I seriously don't think that uh, Ryan Garcia at this point can beat Tank Davis. I think he's too inexperienced. Yeah, he's definitely moving up the ranks and he's fighting better fighter every fight. Uh, I applaud the kid, and it seems like he got a game plan. He said Jorge Linares, and then I forgot. He was all the, trying to rank all the way up to the top, and Javante Davis and Lomachenko was both on the list, I think. Um, yeah, I applaud the kid. I like what he's doing. I think he's looking better and better every fight. He looks fast, and he looks powerful. Yep. Well, I could say I mean, he's in the division. He's a great fighter. I mean, right. it's stacked, 135. It is stacked. It is that. And what I could say is this. The, the Tank Davis that we saw of late that's not too serious and it doesn't come in well prepared, he's not, you know, he doesn't, he's not disciplined, that Garcia beats him. And that's why I'm not, not too excited if they made that fight immediately. I'd rather see Lenaris, in my opinion, because that right now in their stages between Garcia and Tank Davis, Lenaris to me is going to be that um, that monitor of where really Garcia is at and how serious Davis needs to take Garcia if Garcia blows out Linares. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, even even uh, a guy like Jose Pedraza would be a good test because he's been a lot better since he moved up, and I think he was really killing himself to make 130. You know, there are a lot of, of, of guys in this division for, and a lot of uh, nice, nice matchups. It would be a great oh, division yeah. for a tournament. It would be a great division for a tournament, but as you know, with, with top rank <laughs> controlling a lot of these guys, it's likely not going to be something that's possible. No. 
No, absolutely. I'll, I'll say, what do you think, one, bro? I'll say, I'll say one negative about Ryan is how he holds his head, man. It looks like a pez dispenser up there, man. Yeah, and dude. And that's going to be super dangerous against Lignatis, man. Because Lignatis is a yeah. sniper. You know, he caught Lomachenko, man. You know? So yeah, that's, dude. that's one negative for Ryan Garcia that I, that I see. You know, every time I just he think that he Ryan... Like, that's you know, the only thing I think is that, that Lomo is a guy that kind of has to break you down. He breaks you down physically and mentally in the ring, then he gets the KO. Um, I think Ryan is just more explosive, more dynamic, you know what I mean? And that's where my concern with Linares is that Linares is going to have to box almost a near-perfect fight the way he did against Lomachenko. And I'm not sure if he has that in him um, a- anymore. Could he, could he do that, you know? Um, could his yeah. legs sustain such, such a, such a you know, uh, discipline and keep away from from Ryan Garcia's left hook. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. But also, can Ryan Garcia is he smart enough? Is he could his experience take a boost of learning how to cut off the ring, how to jab, how to dictate the fight to shorten the ring uh, more to trap Lenars? That's why to me that's a very interesting, and it's going to really tell me. Where do we put in the rankings Garcia with the other lightweights? I agree. That's a very I, that's the best fight for him. But at the same time, let's not forget that Jorge Linares got knocked the f out, and I think it was the first round, the fight right after Lomachenko. So uh, does that discredit Lomachenko and Lomachenko's chin or skill? Or is, does it say that Linares is getting older? And if that, and if it is that Linares is getting older, then does that really credit Ryan Garcia so much? Yes, it's a step up, but then does it really credit Gar- Ryan Garcia so much? Well, I'll say, I'll say this. Go ahead. Like, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm not going to interrupt you. Go, 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 go. I'll say one thing, man. Linares is better than anybody that Taylor has fought. Or uh, mm-hmm. Tank Davis has fought, or Devin Haney has fought, right? So he's yep, a great man for any of those guys, you know. Uh, Ryan is super dangerous, dude. He, he, you know, like he's been upset before, and he's always come back. He's been upset like four times, I can, I think I can count, right? He's been like, yeah, Sergio Thompson, the first guy to stop him. But 
for his confidence, his resume, and it's going to actually add to his ring experience. Hmm. Uh, I was going to say something about that. I appreciate it. No, one second before you go, Lando. Um, did you see the the PVC card in the, the Caleb Plant fight? Yeah, I did. I did, but I, I wasn't. I really wasn't that impressive. I know he has a lot of talent and everything, but he, he kind of he still hasn't proven anything. Caleb Plant, that guy he fought was a was a club fighter, man. He was, he was, he was, he was number thirty or something like that. He was yeah. yeah, he wasn't. And honestly, he wasn't any better guy who I see Canelo blasting out of there in one to two rounds max. Who Plant? You know, so, I, I think Caleb. My question was going to be, how would you rank the, the top, let's say, four or five guys at, at 168? Uh, 168. All right. So, I'll go with Canelo. And to yep. be honest, I think I, I got David Benavides right below Canelo at number yep. two. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, then I got Billy Joe Sanders, Callum Smith, and then Caleb Plant at uh, number five, you know? Just, just yeah. because, just, you know, uh, I don't think everybody's keep on Callum Smith, man. You know, that guy won the World Boxing Super Series for a reason, man. You know? I don't know I don't know what happened to his career where it kinda of went off at the edge again. But he's actually one of more talented guys at one sixty eight. But for whatever reason now Max himself, he has no momentum, you know? He's gonna find out undercards, you know. But uh thank you for taking my phone call. I appreciate it, man. Great show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you. Calling in. Enjoy the fight Saturday. Thank you. Fight fans, if you want to call in, certainly can. 407-215-98. We're here talking Tyson Fury, uh, the rematch. Also, everything else is involved in in boxing. Um, So your guys' list was Canelo at 168, right? Canelo, Benavides, BJ Saunders, Smith, and Plant. That was was the list, yeah. The problem right now with 168 is that Canelo... And I would say probably more than Canelo Golden Boy are kind of holding things up. According to Eddie Hearn, they sent out offers to Billy Joe Saunders and to Caleb Plant for Canelo's May date as a fight, and they were like super low-ball offers. So, Why well, Plant, Plant said that even if the offer whatever, it wouldn't even take it. Didn't not even you know if it was low or high, he wouldn't take it because he feels like he wouldn't be ready. He wouldn't be you know. Ready? He wouldn't be well prepared uh, to face Canelo. Uh, BJ Saunders. Yeah, he did. He wow. did say that after, right after the fight. He said, "I don't feel that it'd be enough time for me to be properly prepared to get in with Canelo." Uh, well, that's that's reflective. I kind of switched off right after the fight. I didn't watch the interviews. I should have st- I should have stayed on and listened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on the. It was in his uh, post uh, uh, conference. Um, you know, he's you know, uh, media was asking right. him, you know, if Canelo was to offer for a May fight, is that a strong possibility to see Caleb Plant get in there with him? You know, I gotta agree with Fernando. I wasn't like overly impressed. Why? Because this is his second title defense, and they're the two guys that that he faced are both in the bracket. They're enough uh, the rankings. Uh, Look, in terms of if he's looking for more money, okay, whatever he was offered with Canelo, the only thing I would agree with him is that he said, I'm going to fight with Benavides because I want to unify the titles because bouts matter, right? Bouts have more of a way to, to now 
have a heavier hand in negotiations. Get in there with David Benavides. My thing, though, is that I don't think he can beat a David Benavides. So taking the big money payday against Canelo would be whatever, even though you th- they think it's lowballing it, uh, would be his highest pay payday ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it probably right now, money, the, the money that Kovalev got for his fight, but, you know. Kovalev had had an extensive, you know, resume. I mean, whatever Kovalev was offered was rightfully so because he look at who he has faced. Uh, Caleb Plant, you haven't faced anybody. Let's be honest here. BJ Saunders has more of a, is a more recognizable face to name in boxing than him. Um, But like I said, look, fighters got to not only be intelligent in the ring, they got to be smart outside the ring. And he's obviously trying to be a business guy. But myself as a boxing ghoul um, that want to see good fights and want to see fighters test themselves, especially if you got a belt. If you got a goddamn belt, you're supposed to fight the best available opponents out there. And the, the best available guy who, in my opinion, wouldn't be number one at 168. He's a star power wise. I would say Canelo is number one star power wise but I think that who's mm-hmm. earned the stripes would be David Benavides he, to me he's the number one guy in in that division uh Kaylee Plant you know why didn't you not fight the other guys that that at one time hold the title to kind of let me know exactly how good you really are because your hand speed and and your footwork I mean it was expected against guys like that you know really really very rarely do we see a major upset, though we've been getting some from PBC, which thank you very much, PBC. But but I, I didn't expect any of that. So I wasn't one to tune in on Saturday. I actually tuned in today. You know, I watched it and I sat there and I said, I, I would, for now, I wasn't very impressed. I, I'm not going to be wanting one to run to the, to the box office to see this kid. Um, so, yeah. I don't well, wasn't impressed and um, it wasn't even really a clean knockout. It was a you know finish him on his feet type thing. That kind I of guy, really really there, like like Canelo did when he moved up to 168 and fought uh, um, Smith. What are you gonna say, Kenny? No, I just feel that. Uh... Caleb Plant, what he's saying is by saying that it's not enough money, he's pretty much saying you're not offering me enough money to lose my O. You know, <laughs> it's not that it's not enough money for him. It's that, you know, to, in today's day in boxing, like, I, that's like the weight of money. Winning a belt and having zero losses and just fighting chumps and everybody's trying to do the Mayweather route. The difference is that these guys are actually fighting chumps. Mayweather just fought washed-up champs. Is the difference? Yeah, that's true. It, it that's is true. I mean, you I mean, guys out of their weight classes like uh, Sean Bay Mitchell and etc. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Plant should be fighting ex-champions. You know, um, Plant should be saying Plant's last fight should have been like to a Danny Jake who moved up to 168. You know, yeah. he should he should have been fighting like a um, oh god, the 
Durrells, dude. The, the Durrells of the world. That's who he should have been facing yeah. 168. Not not yeah, the other guy than this guy that he fought uh, Saturday. I don't even remember the guy's exactly. name, the German guy. Exactly. That's that's the whole point there. You know, and for for and let me tell you this, because somebody asked me on a leaving the ring Gmail, they said, How is this guy like how is he getting so popular? You know, uh, in terms of like, there's, there's these commentators that are calling him great. Oh, he's got great hand speed. He's got this. And I have to contribute to my really good friend, Mario Serrano. Mario Serrano is a PR. You know, Mario is a great publicist. And Mario pushes every one of his fighters into everybody's face. He's gifted. He's a very gifted PR. Okay. Yeah. He helped out Robert the Ghost Guerrero's career. You know, uh, uh, a tremendous in the welterweight division. You, you know, I think a lot of ways you got to contribute. Oh, he's calling to your show all the time just to talk about Robert the Ghost Guerrero. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. yeah, and 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 to this day, Mario will try to push every prospect or every amateur guy he has down my throat and say, "Can you get him on the yeah, ring? Can you do this?" What, what was that? He has Caleb Plant as a client? Yes, he does. Wow. Yes, he does. Among a lot of other folks he has as a client. And and I just say that's why, you know, boxing not only needs the great promoter, they need a great publicist. They need that guy that's always on the grind. And that's the only reason why I know about Caleb Plant, because to tell you the truth, the way he fights and who he's fighting, he wouldn't be on TV and nobody would know who he is. I wouldn't know who he is. No. no. He's but also an anomaly. Know. He's also an anomaly. I mean, he's a white guy from Tennessee who fights at a high level. Yeah. There's not a lot of those, you know? No, not at all. Not at all, man. You know, but like I said, so I'm, I'm not going to judge... Sorry, go ahead. I'm not going to judge Caleb's plant's talent. I think he's obviously he is talented. He's got fast hands. He does uh, box uh, uh, really good, but it's against subpar opponents. Okay, um, it's against. I don't call nobody chumps, man. Unfortunately, or bums or anything like that, because you know I think anybody that laces gloves and takes a punch to, in the face is a living. It's, that's a tough fucking gig to to to, to be, you know, be involved. You know, but to fight club fighters as a champion and then expect people to say that you're a great fighter. That's and then say that you won't fight Canelo even if an right. offer is made. Right. It's not a good look. Right. You needed a full so, you needed a full crazy camp to face this last guy that nobody even remembers his name. I mean, come on, you didn't even barely even got touched. You barely even got touched with this guy. So what's the problem of, of rolling in and and facing uh, Canelo Alvarez, you know, I, I don't see mm-hmm. the problem there. If anything, your body's preserving; it's ready to go. You take a month off or whatever, a couple of weeks off, get right back in the gym, you know. And May your is strategy. Plenty of time. May is plenty of time. Pl- plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of time. Here's the thing, too, because of his style of fighting, we're not expecting you to go to war. You weren't. You didn't go to war in this last fight. You're not one of these guys that that's gonna take it 
to Canelo. Canelo's going to have to take it to you, which is a terrible style matchup for Canelo, in my opinion. You know, I, 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 most of these guys that go in there. What was that? I said he's the shorter fighter, but um, I think his body work would really trouble trouble Caleb Plant a lot. I think and, so, too. Yeah. I think so, and, and he's the, the next. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Quick question. You did see the the Abel Ramos Brian uh, Perella fight, right? The what fight? I'm sorry. The the uh, Abel Ramos Brian Perella fight. The Jack yes, Reese I did. Thing. Jack Reese. Oh, uh, Jack Reese. Oh my God. What were your thoughts there, David? Why don't you Why don't you break it down for our listeners before we get into that, so they can kind of if they don't watch that fight. The undercard fight on the on the Caleb Plant a PBC card, and um, Brian Perella, who's out of Florida and is known for being kind of a, a guy in in Keith Thurman's camp, uh, was winning pretty much every round in a ten round fight. Uh, got knocked down hard in the in the tenth. Got up, um, kind of tried to survive well, for a little bit. Cut. Yeah, from an upper guy. Then got knocked down again, kind of into the ropes, and then went down. And then uh, got up to his feet. There was like somewhere between one to three seconds left in the fight. And Jack Reese asked him to walk one way. He walked that way. <laughs> Jack Reese ended the fight. I I was actually pretty surprised by by the, by the ending. I mean, I know the guy was hurt and. You want to protect the safety of the fighters, but the fight was over. You know, the fight I, was over. But let me let me tell you what I saw. I yeah, saw, okay. I saw a kid that was having his way, landing that right hand, and then and then Abel came from from behind. His corner told him, "You need a knockout. You need yeah. to press for this knockout." Comes with a beautiful, I believe it was a right uppercut. Right, came mm-hmm. from the outside. Yeah. I mean, right in between the gloves. That rocked his whole world. He gets up. He's very staggered, gets dropped again. Jack Reese says, walk towards me. The kid immediately looked at his corner, turned his head to look at his corner. And then when he walked, I don't know if he caught this in Milcar, but when he walked, he literally tripped on his own feet. He stumbled. And that's when Jack Reese waved off that fight. Now, I agree with you. The kid, there was only three seconds. The, the, the corner was yelling. You know, uh, Lou DeVella, they were yelling at, like, you know, they did the Lou DeVella thing. They were yelling at Jack Reese, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Three seconds left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My, my whole thing is this, is that at, at that point, when you have a kid that's hurt, it's very difficult for us to be in the mind of Jack Reese. I'm not defending Jack Reese of his decision because you know, I, I, I don't think I can argue with anybody, especially with Pavela's uh, corner saying, like, hey, we won that fight. We had, you know, you stole that moment away from us. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't think Jack Reese knew how much more they had because you're living through that moment and, and you're, you know, you're, you're full focus on the fighter's eyes and his body language that you get consumed in it and he did what he felt was that right thing to do in the moment, which wave, wave it off. So I'm not too upset about it, um, but it was stolen from that kid. It should have been a victory for him. You know, uh, 
thank God that nothing, it didn't happen like a Melvin Taylor because Melvin Taylor was beaten to a pulp. You know, um, this kid was barely being touched. Finally, when he gets touched, he was, I mean, his bell was ringing, man, big time. Yeah. I, um, you know, in the long run, this might be the best thing for Brian Perella because at the end of the day, if Alfred Ramos is going to ring your bell like that, it doesn't speak very well for your future in the sport, at least at the championship level. But it's it's tough to see a fight get ended when, you know, the fight was essentially over, you know? I know. It is. It's a, it's a tougher pill, pill for the kid and his trainer yeah. that put in the work and the time, you know? Um you know, I don't know about you guys, but I always thought, I always think it's a bad idea when you see a ref work two fights in a row. You know, I think that some fatigue does kick in. And your eyes do get tired. And your judgment. Right? What was that? He did like three fights, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah in a row. That would be easy. You know? In a row. And, and, and he's, he's not a young man either. No, no. He's no spring chicken at all. You know, he's like Joe, he's like Sleepy Joe Biden out there, going from one fight <laughs> to the next. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. If you guys want to call in, certainly can. I'd like to hear somebody's opinion about uh, Blair Clock, Clock uh, what is it, Cobbs, right? Um, what do you guys think about him? Oh, that guy's so fucking annoying, man. I literally, mm-hmm. I literally just want to see him get knocked out. <laughs> the first no. time I saw him, he was, uh, he, he, I think he sprinted into the ring and then started doing the Ric Flair who, like, in every corner of the <laughs> ring. It was ridiculous. I'm like, any of, like, this afro was, like, going all over the place. I'm like, please, somebody, somebody hurt, hurt this guy. Not, you like, know what, you know what, or whatever, but. Just, just you know, knock him out, please. Do you know who I thought he was when I first glanced at him? When the first time I ever saw him, do you know who I thought he was? I thought he was that kid Justin from American Idol. I was like, what is this dude boxing now? What? 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 Are, we got YouTubers, and now we got American Idol guys coming on, going uh, in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually saw him. Um, well before the YouTube fights, it was on one of the early DAZN cards when I first subscribed to DAZN. He was like on, you know, the card before the card, right? Before they bring out the main announcers and everyone else when it's just um, Mora and like one other guy doing the fights. And I'm like, this guy is like the biggest fucking cornball I've ever seen boxing. <laughs> I kind of actually kind of like his personality, but it's, you know, he's an accident waiting to happen. He leaves his chin out there. He gets what what every <laughs> every punch out of the book he gets caught with. Um but I apparently tell you what, he grew, Yeah. No, apparently what? What? What were you gonna say? No, I'm saying apparently he grew up in Mexico. Did you know this? You know what I, I, I didn't. And I should because that's, yeah. he's also one of Mario Serrano's clients. And Mario sends me a lot of his stuff about him my way. It just you know. tells you how bad of a guy that I read every email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, he grew up in Mexico. Um, guys, I want to ask you a question really quickly. Yeah, I don't think you ever gave me your full take. And that is, uh, so I could finish the tally, uh, who do you have winning this fight? And why? I mean, how? 
What fight? I'm sorry, Kenny. I was reading. Uh, Fury something. Wilder two. Sorry, Fury Wilder two. The main event. We're we're coming to a close in like 18 minutes, so I think we should oh, recap shit. and take it back to Fury Wilder. So I just want to get your guys' final tally on Fury Wilder. Uh, uh, David uh, and the Milkar, let me know how you th- who you think is gonna win Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, and how you think they're gonna win. Is it gonna be TKO decision, KO? Let me know. Well, really quick, let me just mention this really quick um, because this is actually I'm glad that um, Nato uh, put this on the uh, on the the chat room um, because when I heard the announcement of the of the passing of James Thunder, a heavyweight that I used to watch on USA uh, fights and other other cards and stuff, um, wasn't the most polished guy, but man, he used to bring just some wars in the ring. Uh, in my childhood, well, it was one of those guys, man, just always fun to watch. So rest in peace, brother. Um, and, you know, I know that the uh, the boxing gates of heaven have opened the doors with open arms to receive you. Um, so that goes there. Um, I want to hear I want to hear a mill cars take uh, first before I give you my pick, because I'm, I'm still on the fence, man, to tell you the truth. I was I think I was kind of for sure and confident. When I was talking to you, Kenny, when we were going back and forth on, on text and stuff, I was I think I was on like with you. I was like, Yeah, I don't know, man. But then I watched the fucking fight, like and I do this to myself every time, guys. I watch the fight three or four times and then I write a bunch of notes and then I go I start like kind of like doubting what I'm thinking or what I'm seeing. I'm like, I don't know. What if he does this? Oh, what? No, he did this pretty well. So I want to hear Milkar about what he, what he thinks and you know, how he believes it's going to end up on Saturday night. All right. So the first thing is usually I'm pretty bad with predictions because I oftentimes go for the underdog or for fighters that I want uh, to win. And, mm-hmm. um, in this case, I actually like both fighters a lot. I really like Deontay Wilder, and I really like Tyson Fury. And I'm trying to be as objective as I can in terms of kind of dissecting the skills and, and the, uh, the deficiencies of each each fighter. I'm just going to return to what I started with, which is that the first fight we saw a Tyson Fury that was far from the best version of Tyson Fury. It was a guy who was out of shape, had really been out of the ring for a long time, hadn't fought at a high level for a long time, and had spent time just essentially shedding weight with, you know, Ben Davidson, who I'll account as a personal trainer more than he was a a boxing coach at that time. I think now we're going to see a much... Um, more confident Tyson Fury, a much uh, more polished Tyson Fury in terms of just getting the rust off and sharpening up his skills. And if he can box a disciplined fight and um, stay out of range of Deontay's power shots and when needed, hold him, you know, lean on him, use his weight, uh, box him inside and you know, between um, Deontay's a powerful shot range, I, I see uh, Tyson Fury winning this fight. The, when I when I see How? Deontay win this this fight, I see. I'll get to that. The only the only way I can see Deontay winning this fight is by stoppage, 
And um, so I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick um, Tyson Fury uh, and I'm going to surprise people. I'm going to pick him by KO. Woo! Boy, on Boy, the you're record. the second person. On yeah, I, uh, I think he learned a lesson the first fight. I don't think he's going to want this to go to the scorecards. And I know he has the power to hurt Wilder. And when he hurts him, right. I think he's going to do what, what Freddie Roach criticized Ben Davidson for not pushing Tyson to do in the, in the first fight, which was essentially go for the kill. Interestingly enough, he actually admitted after the Otto Wallin fight that Ben Davidson did not want him to knock out Otto Wallin early, but he just ignored him. You know, in retrospect, looking back on that, that might have been a, a signal that he was thinking about a new trainer because he said, look, you know, I, I felt Wallin's power. I didn't want to stay in there for a long time, and once I got him hurt, I went for, I went for the KO. And I think that's the kind of mentality he has now going into this fight with with uh, with Wilder. Hmm. Uh, before you go, David, let me just battle him from the other side because a lot of things that I got to say to him and to respond to what he said, and then you could bring us all in for summation and close us out. Um, pretty much, I just think uh, that you said the, that Tyson Fury was in a fat camp. I disagree that, or no, he was in a fat camp for that first fight, but you know, after he was for that fat camp. What good opponent did he actually face? Uh, he's been facing people that nobody's even ever heard of, and he's had a tough time fighting them. He hasn't fought any great opposition. Deontay Wilder has fought way better opposition than he has. So you're telling me he goes from fighting big old Wilder to fighting these, a bunch of these other smaller guys, and uh, that he's, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. he's no hold longer on, been in the fat camp, that he's been hold, getting hold, so much hold, better, hold, and he's great? Wait. Hold on, hold on. He didn't struggle with Schwartz at all, bro. He didn't struggle with Schwartz. He didn't struggle with Schwartz. I know. I was going to say. I didn't even finish what I was saying. I was totally wrong. Hold on. Before we lose, uh, uh, because you said um, that that, that Tyson Fury hasn't fought anybody. The resume is not equal as as Wilder, right? That Wilder's fought better oppositions. Since they fought each other. Since they fought each other. Really? I mean, Tyson Fury beat. Vladimir Klitschko. I mean, I said since they fought each other. Oh, okay. Since I thought I was just like, what? This is the first time they fought. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't mean right. overall records. I mean that right. Tyson, Deontay Wilder has fought be- way better opposition since the first time that him and Tyson Fury fought than Tyson Fury has fought. So, if you're asking me, the person who should be more prepared for this fight is Deontay Wilder. Uh, Tyson Fury want to be going over to WWE and doing whatever clown stuff. He could do that. Listen, man. Deontay <laughs> Wilder, he's coming with the fire. He's going to knock the man out, and you're going to see. Deontay Wilder has been preparing. That is my guy. He's going to knock him. T-F-O. Okay. And that stands for the fuck out. Okay. Well, I put this I put this on the uh Leave the Ring Twitter account. Um I had asked folks who they thought was the best heavyweight right now. Is it Dante Wilder, Tyson Fury, and he still had to put Anthony Joshua in the mix because he did get his titles back from Andy Ruiz. Um Tyson Fury got fifty one percent of the votes. Dante was twenty seven and Joshua was twenty two percent. I also asked in a poll who most folks thought were going to win 
um, on Saturday's fight. And Tyson Fury got 52%, and Deontay Wilder got 23%. You know, I think this is that I, I think both of you guys bring up valid points, and I think call, the callers that called in have brought some really valid valid points. Um, and I think that's why it's so difficult to pick who's going to win this fight because they're so equal. Uh, you know, they're yin and yang, in my opinion. They they mm-hmm. they really do complement each other. It's really rare, rare right now, in the, especially right now in the heavyweight division, where you have two polar opposites to complement each other. Okay? And I think that not just two fights is going to satisfy our appetite or answer all the questions that we have that is laced down for these guys. You know, Tyson Fury could fight Southpaw and surprise Wilder. You know, Wilder's patience has been growing. He's been looking way more comfortable in the ring. And that's evident. That he, I can't deny that. I don't think anybody can deny that. Um, I agree with, with Kenny when he says, like, what were you doing the WWE? What were you doing fighting the Tom Schwartz of the world? How do you prepare yourself for that? But at the same time, I say, well, you prepare yourself because he was getting his body back together. If he truly was just trying to lose the weight, he was trying to get his back, his body back together and do these certain regimens to get to where he needed to go. Um, Wilder, though, still needs more tricks in the bag to beat a better... If this is going to be a better condition, Tyson Fury, he's going to really need more tricks in that bag. The way for Tyson Fury, in my opinion, to beat Wilder is not try to go into that greed mode again. Um, it's to make Wilder miss and make him pay. That's how he caught him a few times, and that's how he hurt him. Regardless of, Kenny, you want to believe it or not, Fury was able to hurt him. I witnessed that with my own eyes, mm. and my eyes don't lie to me. Yeah. I saw that. Right. But, but I have a question I, for both of you. So go ahead, ahead Dan. Hold, 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 hold on. Let him finish making his choice. I need to write this down. Okay. <laughs> so, but also... I think that when Wilder is just himself, that's when he creates the moments. Whereas, whereas Tyson needs to be strategic about it. You know, he has to box to make moments. Wilder doesn't need to do that. He's got to just let his hands go. And as crazy and off balance that he is, it's, it's fucking worked for the kid. You know, it's really worked for him. And it got him. It got him the draw with uh, Tyson Fury. So here's my pick, really quick, because I want to hear what Amir has to ask. Um, I'm going to lean with Tyson Fury. I think I have to lean with them because I think that he is going to bring two new things to the table. Okay, but I tell you what, if 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 Wayan comes and he's over the 266, like Hamed mentioned, and he's brought muscle to the legs, he's gonna, he might be dead in the water in six and seven rounds. And that's going to be Wilder's you know, pick uh, of coming down the hill and picking what he wants to eat. I just don't see that smart for Tyson Fury to do. I think Tyson wants to be as light as he can be um, so that he can switch and hit and move and make Wilder pay for it. And I see that. I see that, that him going southpaw 
and him going back. Go back to that first fight. When he touched Wilder's legs, and that's the smartest thing to do. Wilder's legs are like, they're like twigs, man. They're super skinny for a heavyweight. So if you touch that body, those legs should tire out a lot quicker than somebody with thicker legs. So I got to go with Fury. I think that he's smart enough. I think the IQ is going to be very difficult to, to kind of overlook. And I think that if Wilder is, trying to, is going to try to outsmart the Fox, he's going to be put in the hole. So I'm going to go with Tyson Fury, but I'm not as brave as a milk car. I go with Tyson Fury in, uh, on a split decision. Just to sum up the odds, I guess Vegas is correct. We got three to three, but everybody got Wilder winning by KO. Two people, Fury by KO, one person, Fury by decision. I guess Vegas does have the odds correct. All right, <laughs> Milkar, take over your question. No, I mean, my question is really why does Wilder get so much credit for his win over Dominic Brazil and Fury gets so much scorn for the two fights he had? I mean, even the win against Luis Ortiz, I don't really rate it. I mean, who did Luis Ortiz fight prior to the rematch with Wilder? I think he was inactive for a while. And if I remember correctly, I can't even remember the three, the three names. It was like oh, he was Travis Hoffman and Chris Kimmer. You get, you get credit for Who has Brazil ever beat? Brazil's I know biggest about this. Come on, bro. It's like why why is he getting credit for knocking this guy out? Well, here's another thing too that we could point out. Um, even though I love I love Luis Ortiz, man. I've always called him the Lego face, the brick face. Um, but Ortiz's really biggest win is against Bryant Jennings. And that's when we kind of considered him a puncher. But really I never faced yeah. a puncher and really didn't really destroy anybody. So his that yeah. win still is very, 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 very questionable. Also, Tom Schwartz. If you go back, um, I had already watched a lot of tape on Tom Schwartz. He had a right hand, a really nice right hand. Um, he, he was successful with that right hand, but the southpaw stance threw him off off his game, really threw him off his game. And that's why Tom, that's why Fury was able to do the things that he wanted to do. That's why I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, look, uh, Fury's not as 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 dumb as he looks. You know, his tactics and what he does outside the ring is not agreeable, but his IQ in the ring is, is, is something that you have to say, shit, he's a really smart dude. He knows what, it, what, he, what to do. And these last two fights, I'll tell you what, Kenny, what they proved for me and his last two fights, even though there were nobodies, is that he looks more comfortable. He looked way more comfortable. comfortable. But with Wilder, you could say the same. And that's why I say this is a 50-50 fight. This is a really hard one to pick, guys, in my opinion. Absolutely. But that's why I don't bring in the last two fights for either guys. I mean, I don't think the last two fights, we can really rate the four opponents. And, yeah, you know. I do. Uh, Fury was doing <laughs> WWE. <laughs> 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 I made my joke about how we got a KO against against um Braun Strowman the other day, but yeah, he was doing WWE KOing people, and and Wilder was running around promoting his wife's uh, fashion line. So they're both doing things outside the ring. Uh, look, what matters right now is the skills that each of these guys have, the shape that they're going to come to the fight in, and finally the tactics and game plan. That, that they have, and then obviously their ability to make adjustments in the ring. 
right? When I look at those four things, you know, I, I see Fury is the guy that can make the adjustments. But, you know, with Deontay's right hand, literally anything can happen. So it's why I'm excited for the fight. Very, and have very been exciting. Yeah. Well, folks, I'll tell you what. Everybody enjoy the fight. Don't drink and drive because you know what? You will spill your beer. And just on a, on a final note, we'll be back Monday. Um, so I want to thank everybody that supports and, and listens to every one of the shows that are on the network, but especially when you come on Leaving the Ring here. And by request, this is how we're going to go out with uh, Leaving the Ring. <laughs> Uh, all right, fellas. I will talk to you guys soon. You're back on leaving. Right, take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for everything. Ladies and Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.